0: G'day guys and girls and welcome back to the second half of the Extended Bench podcast. What we want to do here is jump straight into your Twitter questions because we've got a few this week and then we'll get on to, I mean, our favourite game, Risking for the Biscuit, in just a moment. So, a few questions in this week. Uh, First question up, we have uh, one from uh, Peter Dimnicki who's asking, uh, Over the buys, what is the best thing to do for draft if we aren't actually playing games? Is it worth trading or picking up off the waiver wire? I mean, yeah. You go first? Yeah, I, I of course it is, yeah. So yeah. Um, if you're not playing games, uh, it doesn't matter. You can still be active in a draft league. Yep, um, I agree 100%. You, players are still playing. You're still able to keep a tab yeah. on their, their ups and downs, their yeah. scores, what, what uh, roles you think they're playing. All it means is that you have a couple of free hits mm-hmm. to, um, see, like you said, see what players are doing. Um, and then you can make trades or waiver pickups to improve your team for post-buys. Absolutely, you can. So with, uh, with waiver wire pickups, you've got a couple of free hits, and then with player trades, I mean, obviously, you just monitor the players you're interested in and you can uh, see if you can uh, sting them off the coaches that, uh, that already own them. Yep. So hopefully that helps you out there, Peter. Uh, next question is from Ryan, who's asking, uh, what are you boys doing with Robbie Gray and Rocky this week? Uh, I think we we touched we on this already. Touched on this a little bit. Well, just to make it a bit clearer, Rocky, we're holding or well, I'm holding. Yeah, so I, agree. I, I don't think there's any issue with that. We bought him in for a reason. Robbie Gray, we were a bit split on you. You yes. said you said you would get rid of him. I would, and if I said I didn't have anything else I yeah, needed to do. Yeah, if and I had the luxury trade, yeah, which some coaches do because it is <laughs> a uh, only a four team buy this week, so it's not the ridiculous one. Uh, and three trades. And there's three trades. Extra trade mm-hmm. in that, in salary cap. For me, I'm holding on to Robbie Gray until after the buys just because you bought him in for a reason. You wanted those points each and every week. Yes, it might only be 70 if he's playing this forward role. I mean, if he has a crazy... An amazing game like that six-goal game you did uh, not too long ago. He'll get you 100. Would it help if I told you who he's playing during the bias? That would significantly help, actually. so this week he has the Tigers on Friday night at Adelaide Oval. Next week he has, where is he? The Bulldogs on Thursday night at Adelaide Oval. That's a good game. That's a very good game. That's a good game. Um, and then the final buy round, he has Melbourne on Friday night at Adelaide Oval. Tough, tough, tough game. That's a tough one as well. Uh, whoo, were they all at Adelaide Oval? They're all at Adelaide Oval and they're all Thursday and Friday nights. So for ultimate footy, um, that's perfect. Like You could you can switch him, uh, put him on the bench him. and loophole him. But, but for classic, which is what this question's about. Well, you could do that on Thursdays as well. Oh, no, sorry. No, of course you can't, no. Um, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's tough. Um, I would hold him. I mean, particularly that uh, Western Bulldogs game is very juicy. That one could be very juicy, yeah. But Richmond and Melbourne are hard teams to score against. I'm, yeah. I'm still sticking with hold. I want those points on my field, particularly if you're... I mean, it might even come down to whether your leagues play during the buys. If your leagues aren't playing during the buys, you can hold it. Pl- uh, sorry, you you can drop him if you want. Yeah, if, if, your te- <laughs> if your teams are playing during the buys... Keep him because you need those points on the field in order to win games. I'm so, saying him regardless. Yeah, yeah I'm yeah. culling him, but I agree with you on Rocky. If you've got him, you hold him. <laughs> if you don't have him, give him a week and then bring him in. Tough. So, whichever one of those arguments swayed you, hopefully it helps. Um, we got a question from Bags who's asking uh, Is Sam Gibson the end of Cam Ellis Yolman? Would you like me to give you some numbers? Yes, I would, sir. All right. I can't Sam read, you, Gibson. Have numbers, you have no, oh, It's so good whenever you bring stats because <laughs> I do so little research. That's why. I pick the questions that I think we might need some <laughs> actual research for because I know you won't and, and also, you read the questions prior and I don't. That's <laughs> It's true. all gut reaction. Um, so, Sam Gibson has played three games. Yes. 84 mm. versus the Dogs, 85 versus Melbourne, and 93 versus GWS. Cam Ellis Yeoman in those same games versus the Dogs. 96, uh-huh. which is so still a good score. Um, against Melbourne, yep. yeah, Gibson scored 85. Ellis Yeoman scored 57. Uh-huh. Against GWS, where Gibson scored 93. Ellis Yeoman scored 60. Oh. So that first game, they both scored well, but that was against the Dogs, who are leaking uh-huh. points like mad. The next two games, which are both slightly harder scoring ones, in particular yep. against Melbourne, um, Ellis Yeoman did not score well. But Gibson still did, which is interesting because they don't really play the same role. No, but Matty Crouch has come back in recently, hasn't he? He has, yes. And could be working more into some midfield time. He's been back for, what, three games as well? Or four. Three or four games, but he would have been eased into it a little bit more those those first first two. So that could be a very interesting one. The other thing is you notice those two really down games for Cam Ellis Yeoman have come in losses. They've lost to Melbourne. That's true. They've lost to GWS. That's true. It could be that Cam Ellis Yeoman... I mean, he's, he's a very tough contested player, but he could be a bit of a downhill skier in terms of fantasy scores as well. So yeah, that's true. So he, he could so be scoring better in Adelaide wins. might not be the cause, it might just be a coincidence. Yes, um, but that doesn't mean that Cam Ellis-Yorman isn't performing really poor at the moment, and I would significantly consider getting re- rid of him from sure your draft is. teams. Um, so I've no issue doing that, mate. Uh, another question here from Ryan, who's asking, uh, do you think the following players are worth having a waiver look at? Um, Wiedering and Fawston. Again, I have some numbers for you. Oh, my God. So, Wiedering, 20 years old. He's played six games this year Yeah, for an average of 48.2. <laughs> 38, 38, 41, 45, 56, 71. So, right. only really one in there that's even half decent. Yeah, but you notice that one game he was playing in his preferred role exactly, in defence yes. Brandon Bolton. Um, <laughs> it's it's almost like he isn't a good forward, surprisingly. Yes. So from a redraft perspective, yep. not interested at all. From a keeper perspective, slight bit of interest there. hmm Um you agree with that? Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um but it probably Yeah, I mean what what's this for? Um a waiver lock. Yeah, you can if you're not having to play him, you can probably afford to hold him for the rest of the year and just see what he's doing. Yeah. Um, Vlosten, on the other hand, 24 years old. He's played nine games for an average of 72.9, so already a better average. Mm -hmm. 47, 95, 64, 55, 50, 131, (laughs) 50, 90, and 74. Uh, Hard pass for me. Yeah, he's just inconsistent. I mean, I don't mind... If you've got a spot there, if you've got someone who's performing really poorly in your team, like just absolutely abysmally... And you just want to say, "Hey, I want to have a go on someone else because this guy's rubbish." Yeah, I don't mind bringing Flosted in, but I wouldn't go chasing him. No, he, he's sort of tempted and teased for a couple of years now without actually really delivering. So Main except for that random. <laughs> yes. yes, no, I have more faith in Maynard than I do. Oh, significantly, Flosted. yeah, absolutely. <laughs> one random, one thirty-one, one. Moment. Yeah, that's that's brilliant. That that's what you love. Every <laughs> once in a while, you will get players on the waiver wire who will just pump out a massive score for no reason, <laughs> and then they will continue back with their rubbish. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully that helped out, Ryan. So uh, we've got another que- oh, oh. We've got a question from Brody uh, who is referencing dating advice AFL, of course. Which isn't Is this to throw us off the scent that he isn't dating I'm advice? I'm positive that this man is dating advice AFL. <laughs> um, but he's saying, my friend traded away Angus Brayshaw two weeks ago in a keeper league and he has flourished ever since. How do you cope or move on when an ex, aka Angus, is in a new relationship and is clearly happier? I'm going to answer the first part of the question. Well, it's not even a a question. That is depressing. That is depressing. Um, It it is not (laughs) not great when you trade away a player and then they start they move into a new role and they smash it. Which is exactly what Brayshaw has done. So, absolutely. So, I, mean, I guess what you have to do is just take a little bit of time to um, regret and grieve. Yeah. Um, then you deal with it, and you move on, and you try and look for the silver lining. I don't. Oh god, I can't believe you actually gave credence and answered that vaguely, metaphorically in in a relationship sense. No, no I'm talking about. Um, this is all fantasy it? trades. It's, it's happened to me. I've traded guys off and. Okay. You grieve for a little bit, then you go, all right, so I'll move on. I've now got a new spot on the list, so who am I bringing in? Good. I refuse to let you acknowledge Dating Advice AFL and give actual <laughs> because relationship if you try advice. and chase them back, you're going to lose too much getting them back. No, see, I feel that you're going back to relationship stuff again. <laughs> no, no, I'm still talking about fantasy. All right, whatever, whatever you say <laughs> with that twinkle. The thing is, I'm I talking about fantasy footy. I hate you. Um, <laughs> we're moving on uh, we've got a question from uh, Nick here who's um, who's basically saying uh, there's a trade deadline coming up in our keeper league uh, and who is an underperforming player to target so uh, basically in a lot of leagues out there uh, there will be uh, waiver wire locks and also trade locks, we've got both in ours. Absolutely, in our Keeper League and our Redraft League. Uh, they're a good idea because, particularly in Keeper Leagues, they stop uh, tanking and stop players basically en masse trading people out to try and get prospective rookies and really compromising the competition. So are good for the integrity. It, it really, yeah, it, it doesn't look good. So we have our waiver wire lockout um, before the buyers start and our trade lockout after the buyers finish. Yep. And they also make the top-up draft the following year. That just that little bit more exciting. Oh, they do because I mean, last year, as an example in our keeper league, uh, we had locked out a waiver wire halfway through the year, and all of a sudden, James Sicily had moved into his backline role, yep. and Toby McLean had moved into more of a midfield role. So both of those guys were eligible for pick uh, pickup in uh, in the next year's yep. redraft. Um, or, or the next year's top-up draft for our Keeper League, yep. uh, as well as players like Luke Ryan was there, uh, yep. Luke Dunstan was there. Mm-hmm. Um, there. There were a lot of really good players. Kane Lambert was there. Kane Lambert was there, who had performed well in the back half of the year, and you can get an idea for what role they're going to be playing in that next year. So it really makes things interesting. Yes. Um, so, as, as to some of the players that might be around about the mark... Would you like me to reveal some names? All right, give, a, give us some all names. Right, so now. I will stress that these are... Potential names. Mm-hmm. They might do well in the second half of the year. There is a good chance that they won't, because yep. at this stage, it's like you're trying to just predict something from nothing. Really? Yeah. Basically, we we don't have uh, an indication that their role is going to change or something. Not whatsoever. So so this is just I don't know, best guess guys that probably are going to be owned, but you might be able to go after and maybe get them for a bit of a trade. Perhaps. This is speculative with a little bit of experience thrown in. Yeah. All right. So my number one guy. Yeah. Um. Hips. Um, Hibbo (laughs) Hibson Hibson I was like like, that's not a real player (laughs) that's that's Um, not a real name what did I write that down Michael Hibbert Um, purely based on that lever factor so Mm. lever goes out someone else comes back in um, say Frost to play the lockdown role it might release Mm Hibbert the owner of Hibbert there is a chance that they may be frustrated because he's been very up and down this oh, year. Oh, yeah, he has. So there is a chance that you might be able to grab him and perhaps um, he might come good in the second half yes. of the year. So if they're not aware of the lever injury or they're not great at putting one and one together... Um, or they just don't want to take the chance. Easy. Or they're going to jump at the opportunity to get something for yeah. him. Yeah, so uh, you can have a go at getting uh, picking up people. Love it. Yep. Number two, um, Atkins. Yeah, Rory Atkins. So he's averaging 79.2, but his last five averages 72.4. So, not doing well. Coincidentally, Adelaide is struggling at the same time. He's not getting that that run and carry up and down the wings Mm -hmm. that he likes. If Adelaide improve, and that is a big if, Mm because they've got some major injury issues at the moment. Oh, yeah. But if they improve, you would think that Atkins will as well. Mm -hmm. And the other thing is, uh, he's gotten defensive status in uh, salary cap league this year. I hadn't realised that. Um, Or or was it... uh, It could be ultimate footy that he's picked up uh, uh, defensive status. Either way... He yes. has picked up defensive status. So, so next year, maybe? Next year. If he's still a defender, that'll be very interesting to look yes. at. So keep Keeper Leagues, keep an eye yep. on it. Number three. I've just written down Jaden Hunt with a question mark next to it because oh, cool. he might be the guy that comes in for Lever to yeah. actually play a rebounding role he even could though re- he doesn't do the intercepting yeah he very well could be I mean that probably would indicate more that it's likely Tom McDonald might play a bit in defence yeah. but this is a far more speculative one Yeah, but it's some guy that's not in a team at the moment that might come in in the second half of if Jaden Hunt doesn't play for the rest of the year, and he's not looking like getting much of a game next year. He's moving clubs. I mean, he's, I he's, he's he too good to play VFL. VFL all the time. He's very, t- very talented player. He needs a decent runner, and he needs to get some confidence about being in the team as well. Yep. Um, um, number four, uh, Don Sheed. Yeah. Averaging 77.2, last five, 75.7. Dropped at one stage, Dropped and then at one only stage. just fought back in. Um, this, for me, is... I don't know, more a gut feel type one. Maybe yeah. he could be the Dunstan of last year. Mm-hmm. Just goes nuts in the second half of the year for no reason on a, in a team that's playing well. Love it. Um, Alex Neil Bullen, we discussed earlier. Did you know that his average is 78.8, but his last five average is 93.4? I knew that he was doing well recently, but I didn't know it was quite that well. That's pretty damn good. <laughs> yeah, he And he's playing in a fantasy-friendly team that's playing well. He is. The tough thing there is, though... It, Coaches will own him; like he'll be probably owned after that owned point, owned. and they will know he's playing well. Yeah, so it's tough to pick him so up. So you're going to so be paying for you're, him. You probably missed the boat, and the coaches that picked him up are the coaches that have taken the punt and said, "I think he's going to do well in the back yeah. half of the year." Agree, agree. Um, likewise with this next guy, Bailey Fritch. Yeah, of course. I mean, 79.4 average last five, average of 95.6, pretty much identical. Been terrific. So you're gonna it's, you're gonna struggle to pick someone like him up. But really, just to I mean, to try and answer your question, then we we can't pick those guys, because we don't know what's going to happen. I mean, there could be a role change for someone at the the drop of a hat. There could be an injury to a, a one player on the team and someone else picks up some fantasy points as a result of that. I mean, anything could happen, but we, we can't really predict that at the moment. So so I'm basing this on numbers more than anything yes. else, but you kind of can't. No, it's it's really up to the coaches and the players themselves. Um, yeah. So um, anyway, That's a few options. Yeah, some of them... May work out, some of them might not. Hopefully it gives you some ideas at the very least. All right, we've got a question here from Goonbag Fantasies who said, uh, what an interesting week that was followed by the disappointment of the new DPPs. I mean, yeah, <laughs> I you, yeah, Goonbag, mate. That was, uh, that was shocking. I mean, there was just no one of interest there. Um, uh, my question is, how many rookies are you playing in your starting 22 and how many should you have post the buys? Um, yeah, good question, actually, mate. I'm going to. So I currently have nine. I'm playing this week. Yep. But if it wasn't the buys I was able to play my starting 22, uh-huh. I have four. Yep. So which you... is still probably too many for this time of the year, to be honest. Um, um, well, 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 la dee da. <laughs> I only have four rookies playing on the field. Um, I believe I have. <laughs> so how many have I got? I'm gonna say I'm not having a great year. So at this stage of the year, probably what? Less than that, I think. Yeah, yeah. I probably I'd, want them mainly on the bench. I'd suggest so. Yeah. Um. So basically, we've got. Uh, I'm looking at one, two, three, four, five rookies at the moment. Yeah, I've got nine the at the moment. In, no, no, that's in that's regular. That's 22. That's best 22. Okay. So yeah. five in my best 22, um, and I'll be. I actually won't be playing. Much more than that, because I'm not really missing too many players in this first week of the buy, but over the next two weeks, I'll be hit pretty hard. Um, And there was a second part to that, wasn't there? How many should you have post-buys? I I honestly don't really know. I'm hoping that I can cut mine down to two. Yeah, that's, that's what you should sort of be aiming for, because these three trades a week are really helping you out. So... My so my goal for the buy so far is I'm going to bring in some, uh, some cheaper guys this week. I'm going to try and make some money. And then over the next uh, two weeks after that, I'm going to be able to start bringing in some guys who have either already played their buy and will play through the remaining two rounds um, or just straight-up upgrades as well, you know? Mm-hmm. So you're trying to make your team as good as possible post-buy during this buy period. So, um, you know... Don't always be fearful that you might miss out on some points here and there, uh, because you want your team looking as good as possible at the end of it. I agree. Yeah. So um, you know you need to. I mean, obviously the big one is not everyone owns McRae at the moment. Uh, he's got the first yeah. first week of the buy, which means you're gonna. I'm looking at bringing him in straight after his buy. Yep. Yeah, you're he, trying to make your money to bring him. He's in. a real, real big player to have. Yeah. Um, and obviously, you know, if you don't somehow don't have Tom Mitchell, you should be looking at getting him in. Um, mm. Kate Simpson's an interesting one after his buy. Yep. Paddy Cripps will be very cheap, uh, but he's in poor form. But Mark Murphy should be back after the buy, so that could make scoring a bit, bit better for him. You talked about Dangerfield earlier. Danger, well, Dangerfield, you have got to wait a couple more weeks. Uh, Gaff has the first week, uh, first mm. week buy, so that he's a very interesting one to bring into your midfield. <coughs> so, uh, yeah, just just look at players like that, basically, mate. Hope that uh, hope that helps. Um, Got a question, another question here from Nick who's just asking, uh, he's given us a few players. So uh, Haywood, Florence, Chera, and Andrew Brayshaw. Um, can we rank these guys for a long-term keeper league? So obviously he's in a uh, a long-term keeper league. He's wanting to know which ones we think are, are best. Um, I mean, this is a tough one. I, can, I hadn't actually prepared for this one. So. I can add to that. Yes, go for it. All right, so uh, Andrew Brayshaw is by far my top. Uh, mm-hmm. Andrew Brayshaw is just, looks like such a composed young player. He He's had a pretty even stat line even in the start of his career. Yeah. Um, and I think going forward, he will be absolutely incredible. He'll just be one of the more consistent players. And I mean, his brother's starting to get it done now as well. Yeah, I think he's going to be a fairly safe player as well. Yeah. Not too risky. Yeah, so Andrew Brayshaw is first for me. Um, the next one for me is Chera, mm-hmm. who, while he's a bit more flashy, particularly in the under underage, so he had that more run and carry and dash well, than Brayshaw. Than, okay. He's still got his hands on the ball and he's still got in and under as well. So yep. um, while I think that Andrew Brayshaw will be better from a fantasy point of view, only just, Sherra will be a terrific he'll player as well in the future. Probably. Yeah, I think I think so. But he'll still average a very, very mm-hmm. large number when he's uh, when he's up and about. Yep. Um and then yeah, the other two are tough. I mean obviously We've got two Frio boys and two Sydney boys I really here. like both the Sydney I, boys. I like them. both of those guys as well. For me, though, I'm... Oh, jeez, it's tough. Because Florent, it really depends on what role he builds into. He has the talent and he has the ability to to be a very good fantasy player. But it depends what role he's playing. And If, if they turn him into like a wingman, then, then yes. I think he'll be a really good fantasy yes. player. But if he's playing constantly at not high half-forward, but more as a half-forward... Like the, an a, actual half-forward. Exactly, or a forward, then no. No, yeah. then it'll be Haywood ahead of him. But, mm. I mean, I would probably rank them at the moment Haywood ahead of Florent, only just, but literally only just. And that could change yeah. at the drop of a hat, because Florent has so much talent. I mean, we, we're a big fan of him. Yeah, I really enjoy watching him play. Every time that I watch a Sydney game, he mm. catches the eye and I'm always surprised that he hasn't scored better. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I really like both of them. I actually like all four of these players. Yeah, they are going to be good fantasy players. Uh, but I think if I was to rank them now, just, just off of what I see from them now, I would go Andrew Brayshaw, Chera, Haywood and then Florent. Yeah, Haywood and Florent is the only one that I, I'm not sure. I've got them very close together at the moment, as do I. I really have a soft spot for Florent. Yeah, but, yeah, I'd probably have to agree with your ranking at the moment. Tough. Um, uh, that's all the questions for this week. So Excellent. we're going to move on to Risk It For The Biscuit now. I'm sure you all know the rules out there, but just in case you knew to the podcast, this is the game that we play just to help you guys pick up someone off the waiver list who we think can come into your side for one particular week and make you that big score. So just put your head, if you're playing the ladder leader or if you have an injury, or if something needs to be fixed up in your team, this is the guy that we think is going to do for you, uh, do it for you this week. Um, basically, the rules are they have to be under fifty percent owned in Ultimate Footy—that's the platform yep. we use—and we also can't have chosen them once before. That will change after the buy because we're starting to reach towards the bottom of the barrel. <laughs> like we're not there, but we can sort of see it. We can see the bottom. of the moment. Yeah, this was—it's getting tougher. Tougher week. It's getting and very it's getting tough. Deep. Even tougher the next two weeks with six teams. <laughs> oh yes, it will. So, right. um, so a recap from last week. Yep, um, I had Tim Smith and Bagley. Smith scored forty something, including his injury. That's yep. unfortunate. So that's no a points there. Whopping zero for zero. Bagley, I think i top of my head might have got fifty eight. Oh, he wasn't. So also not great. Nope, missed there. You went Ben Ainsworth and McKenna. McKenna, I think 54 or 56, yeah, something or around there. They all there. Yeah, absolutely. Ben Ainsworth, though, was it 84? 80, 84, 84. I'll give I'm, you a point for him. I would take a point for him. So, obviously, it wasn't good enough to get two points and send me up the ladder a little bit more, but one point I'm pretty happy with from a forward. Cool. So, that gives us, um, I'm still in the lead on nine points, but you have moved up to seven. Ooh, so, uh, really two behind me. I'm getting there. All right. So, I think it is my week, or is it your week to, to pick I first? Can't I can't remember. Hang a sec. It was mine last week because yeah. I went Tim Smith yeah. So I've got the first week. And I'm going to take uh, Paul Ahern. Yeah, I knew you would. With my first pick. I and knew you would. Yeah, that's why I wanted I the wasn't, first pick. I actually wasn't going to take him. Yeah, well, you weren't going to take him? No, because it's too <laughs> you know, obvious. You know I'm a rookie fan. You know it's, I'm a fan of rookies. It's too obvious. I knew you were going to do it. Owned by 37% of leagues. He's gone straight up because people think he's going to do amazing. I just think he's going to be very good for the next couple of weeks. So over the buys, he's going to be very good. Mm-hmm. Um, he's forward eligible, which is the main thing, and that is huge. Um, mm-hmm. That he, you know, he can hopefully be pumping out scores between eighty-five and ninety as a forward. Yep. Um, he's he's playing a very uh, he was playing a fantasy friendly role in his first game. He's got the pedigree. We already talked about it. He's got the ability to find the ball, and he's playing the cats who are up and down. And yeah. they can give up some scores on their day. They can do, yes. Um, particularly to depth players. I've noticed that over the past few months. So mm-hmm. uh, they quite often give up some scores to those guys who get a little bit under the radar. Yeah, uh, And I think that'll be Paul Ahern. So that, for me, is a really good choice. And particularly in keeper leagues. Go out and grab Paul Ahern. Yeah, I like that one. For sure. Um, alrighty, my first pick. Yep. Ryan Lester. Yeah, ooh. <laughs> <Interesting>. <laughs> From Brisbane. Yep. Uh, centre forward. Uh, 17% owned, 10% played this week. Mm-hmm. It was his first game since round six, and he came in and got a 91 versus North. Nice. We not giving up a lot of scores. Now, the reason he came in... Um, well, actually, I'm not 100% sure. <laughs> uh, I was about to say he came in for Barry, but I would just be making that up. I actually don't know. And Barry looks like he may miss another There's a chance he may miss but again. I guess the reason that I've picked him is Brisbane have definitely lost um, Cameron... There's a good chance Christensen won't play, and a good chance McCluggage and Berry also won't play. So that's four guys um, that would have at least some time through their midfield gone. So Leicester has a mature body. I think he'll sort of just fill that role for a couple of weeks while Mm -hmm. those guys are out. Uh, He plays Essendon in round 12, so they can give up scores. I like it. Yep. Good pick. Very, very good. Um, My second pick is an interesting one, and it kind of hurts me to say, but... I think he showed me enough in his game. So, this was a Apeness or Apeness oh, from Fremantle. I wondered if you'd go. Again. Yeah. So, uh, he's owned by 8% of the competition. There's a reason for that because he hasn't been playing and because he is, I mean, he's a big Ruckman slash forward. Scored 81 versus the Pies, which is a good score in a really bad team performance. Yeah, he actually um, was pretty decent. <clears throat> um What I liked was the six tackles. So he was actually getting in and under and doing a bit of tackling when he was in the ruck. Um, So I was really, really impressed by that. Uh, He's coming up against a tough team in Adelaide. Mm. But for me, I don't think Sanderland's... He may not get up this week. He is a veteran, and sometimes with those concussions, they don't rush them back. But even if he does, I think he's going to play his more preferred role, which is secondary ruckman slash forward. Yes, I was going to ask. You're not concerned he's going to lose his spot? No, no. So James is going to lose his spot. Or jo- no, sorry, Jones is Jones, going to lose But they his brought spot. both of them in to cover for Sanderlands. You think they keep They one? need to play Atenas. Now, this is the thing about Atenas or Happiness for me. Uh, do you actually know which one it is? Um, I think it's Atenas. Atenas, all right. So this is the thing about happiness for me. Frio are being silly, like ridiculously silly. If Ross Lyon is coming out and saying, we need to play youth, we need to have a youth culture, and they're playing Sanderlands every single week when Aptness is there. They need to give this guy a chance in the top line to prove to see whether he can actually perform on the big stage, which he did this week. He was actually very good. Yeah, yeah, he caught both our eyes. Or yeah. whether he, they need to maybe look to move on from him. Because obviously, Sean Darcy is the way forward. He's still injured. Mm-hmm. But this guy could be the second Rockman slash tall forward that they need. Well, I think they've drafted him as a, a forward. A for I think they drafted him as a forward slash ruckman, but mm. they've only ever played him as a forward. Yeah. Um for the what is what is it like fifteen games he's played in eight mm. years or something like that. So he's still a young key forward as well, key mm. player. I, it just boggles my mind that Freo are going, right, we're bringing. we need to bring in Gerard, we need to bring all these young players, like lots and lots of young players, lots of lots of youth in around the squad, mm. and then not playing a younger player who is exactly what they need. Like a big Tall forward who can also go into the ruck because I think in going forward that your best lineup includes Sean Darcy in the ruck and Aptness in the forward line as a second rotating brockman. Mm-hmm. I mean, and if they keep playing Sandy, it'll stunt Aptness's growth as well as also stunting Darcy's growth a little bit once he gets back from injury. Mm-hmm. Honestly, what's best for Frio in my mind is Sandy retires at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean. I mean I've talked about it for a bit too long, but I just think that that's what's best going forward for them. Yep, no, I agree with everything you've just said. I just wanted to see what your thoughts were. Yeah, uh, so, the, but my point is that I think he showed enough. Even if he Sandy comes back in, that'll be a replacement for Jones, and Appness will play in his preferred role, second ruckman slash forward. Mm-hmm. I think he'll do pretty well this week. Cool, all right, I like it. Mm-hmm. And like your second ben, pick, like you, to go you do, on. you do. Um, my second one is Kyle Langford. I was having a look at him. Interesting. 48% owned, 41% on the field this Mm -hmm. week. His last three games were 87, 69, and 84. Yep. He has Brisbane at the Gabba round 12. Love it. And that's basically all I got. Yeah, well, Brisbane are a great team to score against. Uh, They've been competitive uh, in terms of the game, but they do still give up some big scores to teams. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I mean, he has had a couple of 80s in there as well. So, yeah, that does identify that he can score pretty well. And he put up an 84 against Richmond, which is hard to do. They're giving him time to grow because he had he's another guy that hasn't had a lot of games. He's had a lot of injuries and stuff that have held him back. Yeah. So I think they're giving him a an extended run to see what he can do. Zaharakis out could see him get a little bit more midfield time as well. So Very interesting. Very and uh, I think we might end the podcast there for today. Mm-hmm. So hopefully that helped everyone. Hopefully we answered a few questions. And hopefully your team is looking pretty good for the bye rounds ahead. Fingers uh, crossed. We'll see you next week when there's going to be a lot more carnage with a lot more teams oh, out yeah. with the buys in round 13. But until then, have a great weekend of fantasy football, everyone. Catch you.